everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. A very timely conversation today as we will focus back in on the emerging markets, though more specifically on some recent developments within China, what we've been witnessing within the Chinese markets, as well as what it means for investing in China. So joining me here on the line for the conversation today, I'm glad to welcome back to Top of the Morning, Alejo Zerwanko, Chief Investment Officer for the Emerging Markets Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So, Alejo, good morning to you. Thank you for joining us. Looking forward to our conversation today. Good morning, Dan. It's great to be here. Absolutely. So, Alejo, as I mentioned, our conversation is quite timely given what has been transpiring within the Chinese markets in recent days. So, can you bring us up to speed as a starting point in terms of what we've been witnessing? Of course, Dan. Look, as China's domestic regulatory drive has broadened and deepened, Chinese equities experienced a pretty sharp sell losses in recent days. In the last two weeks alone, the MSCI China Index, which is made out of a majority of offshore Chinese equities and a minority of onshore stocks, has declined over 10%. Some of the largest tech-related names in the index experienced some of the sharpest declines, including uh, some commonly, some very well-known names, including Alibaba, Tencent, Meituan, and JD.com. The risk of sentiment extended into the domestic A-share market as well, with the CSI 300 index down more than 7% in the last 14 days. So, Overall, then, a very sharp sell-off by historical standards. Alejo, why did the market experience such drastic moves? Can you walk us through that a bit? Definitely. In short, China's regulatory environment is changing faster than many expected. In the last few days alone, new rules that directly affect the education sector, the fast-growing after-school tutoring industry in particular, were enacted. These companies will no longer be able to operate in a for-profit model. The new regulations also disallow the use of foreign capital in the sector and bans advertising of its services. Now, this very severe move follows milder new regulations on parts of China's technology sector announced in recent months. Now, in this context, investors began to worry and began to extrapolate what happened to the education sector into other sectors, such as the consumer and the healthcare industries. Market fear and contagion ensued, and this in a way explains the pretty broad sell-off that uh, has taken place. So uh, that's very helpful, Alejo, now that we have a good understanding of what exactly transpired and why On a going-forward basis, what is the expectation from the chief investment office? Look, Dan, uncertainty surrounding China's regulatory drive was one of the key factors why we moved China to a neutral stance in our portfolios earlier this month. We do believe China's regulatory drive is far from over at this point. That said, and this is quite important, we do not think investors should extrapolate the draconian measures we saw in the education sector to other sectors. We see a difference, for instance, between Beijing's intervention in the education sector and the recent regulatory campaign in the new economy segment, for instance. The Chinese government had emphasized that education is a public good 
and sees the act of reining in the after-school tutoring sector as a part of its aim to lessen the financial burden on parents with school-aged children and lower the disincentive they have to have larger families, right? All this is quite important for policymakers in order for them to achieve the goal of, quote-unquote, common prosperity. Now, when it comes to the tech sector, on the other hand, Beijing has focused on its long-term goal of technological self-sufficiency and leadership on the global stage. Hence, we do not expect the government to turn the internet sector nonprofit, for example. And we think eventually uh, it's not going to happen tomorrow, but sometime this year, likely, this regulatory drive on the sector will ease. Alejo, given that allocation shift you cited a few moments ago, also taking into account the recent market moves and what the path forward might look like, as you just outlined for us, are there still investment opportunities in Chinese equities? There are, Dan. Let's start with, with the basics. We do not think it's time yet to call for a bottom in Chinese internet and technology stocks. Additional regulatory moves simply cannot be ruled out as we haven't yet seen a clear turning point, a point turning point turn, signaling a shift in the current policy approach. China's economy is running relatively strong and public support for the government is at relatively high levels. So in this context, the government may be able to afford to continue to address what it sees as key structural regulatory issues. At the same time, the regulatory drive will end at some point, and we advise against reducing structural allocations to Chinese equities. We remain positive on the medium-term earnings and valuation prospect of the asset class. So, Dan, all in, we remain cautious in the short term, but continue to find opportunities to build positions thinking about the medium to the long term. Well, Alejo, thank you for joining us this morning to offer some clarity in terms of what has been behind the movement in Chinese equity markets, what the path forward might look like, and how to manage allocation in this area accordingly. A very topical, very helpful conversation. So thank you for dropping by today, Alejo, and we'll look forward to picking back up the conversation again with you soon. Anytime, Dan. My pleasure. Again, today we've been joined by Alejo Zerwanko, Chief Investment Officer for the Emerging Markets Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So as a reminder to our clients and our listeners, the UBS Chief Investment Office does author a variety of publications and blogs that touch on timely market developments, asset classes, and portfolio allocation. These resources can all be located up on UBS.com forward slash CIO, including the blog which ties right into our conversation on the podcast today. Don't extrapolate China's draconian tutoring industry measures to other segments. So for clients of UBS, you can also contact your financial advisor if you would like to learn more about today's topic or receive a copy of that blog directly. Top of the Morning is part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us.
UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the global wealth management business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.